Allison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. Today's episode is Identify Your Ideal Client with Brenda Crashaw. Brenda is a certified whole life and business coach with a boatload of digital marketing and SEO certifications. I am super excited to talk to Brenda today so that we can learn how to grow our businesses and our brands through SEO and social media. Hello, Brenda, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Allison, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and what you're going to share with our listeners today is absolutely amazing and it's going to help them so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I, after having my child, um, you know, we all want to reinvent ourselves at some point in our lives. So I had my son, I raised him. He's awesome. I'm so grateful. And then I decided, okay, what am I going to do now with the second phase of my life? And I have been doing a lot of business coaching and I recognized that people who really were able to pin down their ideal customers and identify the pain points those people had and then apply what their unique value proposition was to addressing those pain points all the while using keywords either on their website or on social media to kind of serve as beacons to those people they had so much business they had so much engagement and it allowed them to really deliver this degree of authenticity and this real sense of caring of wanting to solve these people's problems without feeling really salesy. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this is so amazing. And this was way back before social media platforms even cared about anything other than getting people to make accounts. And so all of the people with whom we applied these tactics, they really experienced a huge surge in uh, customers, in engagement, and certainly in revenue. So I decided to focus my business on that. And here I am years later and just really loving watching what's happening to my clients. That is so cool. And I love how you say authenticity. You know, I personally, you know, for the longest time, I would say that I hated sales because Mm -hmm. if you think about sales, you think about being sold to, and I don't want to be sold to, I want my problems to be solved. Exactly. I think that you do that in a way that's often you have this authenticity, there's, it doesn't feel like you're getting sold to. It feels like somebody is helping you solve a problem in your life. And as soon as you can do that for others, it transforms your business, right? It does. It does. And the way I do it, it's, it's fun because it really sort of folds in both sides of your brain. It's the technical analytical side with the keywords and the research. And then it's the other side of your brain that says, you know what, I actually genuinely care about whether or not these people are satisfied in the end. And when you put those two things together, you just get like massive amounts of magic and it makes you feel so much better about your business. And that's Mm. what I love. Oh, I love that. So what is your main passion or purpose in life? Well, I, you know, I have a couple things that I kind of throw off as jokes, but really I love to help people legally and legitimately hack the web and social media the way that the social media platforms and the web want to be hacked. And so my passion is helping people figure out where the unique value proposition solves their ideal customer's pain points and how we can make sure that all of the technical algorithms and the little mechanical bots are creeping all over everything on the web, find them and no one else and bring those customers directly to those people. I just love that. That like, I have little shivers right now. Maybe I'm just a super geek, but I just love that it happens that way. Oh my gosh, Brenda. I love that you call yourself a super geek because I call <laughs> myself a hashtag nerd all the time. There you go. Like, this is why I think we're friends. You know what I'm saying? 
like, I think that's really good. Okay. So, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about today for our listeners, um, listeners, I know that you are varied. Some of you have uh, regular jobs. Some of you are stay at home parents and some of you own kick butt businesses. And so our topic today is really how to identify your ideal client. And what we're really going to target is helping you see who your ideal client is and why that's important. So it really resonates with you if you are working in a career and you're serving someone in some way, shape, or form, or if you have a business. And I think it's really, really key to get results. And, and I'm super excited because as Brenda and I were talking about this, I was just like geeking out. I was like, this is what we need to talk about today. And we really need to help people understand why it's a game changer to getting the results that you want in your business or in your career. So true. It is. And it's, it's one of the things that I think people don't necessarily understand. So they just kind of look over it, right? They say, oh, well, I don't really need to do that. Like, yeah, other people could do that, but I don't need to. So Brenda, could you help us understand why it is critically important for us to understand who it is that we're serving. Sure. You know, it's it's interesting. I always say that when you go from understanding how to create your ideal customer rather than trying to identify who you think is your ideal customer, it's sort of like those pictures. You know, when you see those pictures and it's two faces and then in the middle it forms a candlestick like a silhouette and you can't see the faces. You can't see the faces. And all of a sudden, boom, something shifts and you can see the faces. That's what trying to figure out the ideal customer avatar can really be for people. So I say stick with it. It's a little tricky. What we're trying to do is you want to create your ideal customer. You don't want to look at the people you have and say, oh, she's, I need more of her. She's my ideal customer. She's my ideal customer. We're actually manufacturing this person. I don't know if everybody saw the movie Weird Science and the kids get the computer and they want to invent a woman and they type into the computer all the things that they want in the woman. And I don't know if everybody remembers the classic boob scene, but they put it in and they got really big. And then they were like, no, 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 wait a minute. That doesn't work. They brought them down. We're really building that person as if they are a complete like robot. That's why we call it an avatar. And the reason you do that is because you want to identify the person who you are going to talk to, who you're going to communicate with, who you're going to comfort and yes, sell to and market to and have conversations with on social media and your website. You want to invent that person so that every time you talk to that person, you know that you are presenting your most authentic solutions to their problems. And you are presenting yourself with your highest degree of authenticity. People can smell that. How many times have you looked at a social media post and said, oh, good God in heaven, and scroll by it? Because there's no authenticity in it. Then you stop on one where the person says, hey, you guys, you know what? This is a really hard time we're all going through. Raise your hand if you're kind of struggling with what's going on right now. You're like, wait a minute, stop. I got to read this. She may not have put that many words in there, but you stop because you're feeling what she's trying to tell you through her messaging. It's really important to have that in your ideal customer. Then what happens is when you talk to her, this created person, this fictitious person, other people who share the same pain points that she has are going to be attracted to what you're serving. So I use the analogy, like you make the best gluten-free, dairy-free chocolate chip cookie on the planet and you're outside your bakery and you're handing out samples of this incredibly delicious gluten-free, dairy-free chocolate chip cookie. Are the only people who are going to want to taste that cookie are people who eat gluten-free and dairy-free? Probably not because everybody wants a really yummy, warm from the oven chocolate chip cookie. You're selling to that gluten-free, dairy-free person but you're still attracting these other people who very well may be super interested in what you have to offer. 
So if your ideal customer is somebody who is gluten-free and dairy-free, and you talk to that person all the time, you're going to scoop up all of the people who need to live right in that space, but you're also going to attract all the other people who recognize that what you have to offer is something of incredible value or deliciousness. Mm, that's such a good point. I love that. And, you know, the thing that I found with growing businesses and creating brands and all that fun stuff is when you start speaking to an ideal person, client or customer or person, right? The person that you're able to help with your superpowers, what happens is it's more fun for you too, right? Absolutely. Uh, with our with our financial planning firm or even with uh, my Allison Little Consulting business, I'll say, I like to work with happy and kind people. That actually weeds out a lot of people. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> And so sometimes my, my husband will be like, what is it, that thing that we say that we work with? And I said, happy and kind people. And so that's what he'll say to the, the prospects that come into our, our financial planning firm. Well, are you happy and you're kind? And they say yes or no, right? And, right. and that attracts them or not. And it's really great because as you work with happy and kind people, you're trading your time, energy, and awesomeness for that that relationship, right? And That's so you right. want to be you want to be very choosy about who it is you're working with. And so Brenda, when you're thinking about, you know, your ideal client or customer, what do you think about? Like how would you describe that person? My ideal customer or the parameters no, that you yours, choose? Yours, with? yours. Oh, mine. So I work almost exclusively with independent business owners. So that's either entrepreneurs or um, I hate the term mompreneurs and solopreneurs, but you know, those people who are really kind of sort of on their own, maybe without a big safety net, but need some fast turnaround on making their content work for them. Certainly people who have put some research into their ideal customers. Um, I will occasionally get people who have no idea what that means. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this might be a little tricky because they're not quite ready to take on the work that they need to do. I also really like to work with people who are at least some degree of heart-centered. They don't have to have a mission-based business, um, but I much prefer to work with people and almost all of the people I do work with, uh, they went into their businesses because they genuinely wanted to give some support to whatever kind of gap there is that they're trying to fill. And I'm hoping that that's because of the way I put myself out there. It could also just be incredible luck at which I should go play the lottery because all of my customers are amazing people. They're mostly women, although I do have quite a few super creative men in my, um, in my group. And they are people who understand that their content could be doing more work for them and just don't have the resources to uh, go and create these complicated funnels or these crazy detailed content strategies. You know, they really need to be able to take something that a message that they have or a piece of content that they want to share and they want to be able to make sure that it reaches as many people as it can, but the people that they want to attract. And so mm -hmm. it's a little vague because, I mean, I could go through the whole entire thing with you, but it's kind of dry and boring because yeah. Yeah. I no. figure out things like, what are they worried about? Like, what are their fears about money? What are their, you know, what do they drive? What websites do they like? Like I try to get down to the super granular level of this and I do it quarterly. Actually, I do my ideal customer worksheet quarterly awesome. just to make sure I'm on target. That's awesome. And so then do you do a comparison of here's my current clients and here's what I think that they should be and see if it matches up? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, occasionally I'll see something drift and I'll think, wow, either, you know, the climate is changing. Maybe I'm not addressing a specific need somebody wants, or maybe my messaging isn't quite as tight as I need it to be. And so I need to go back in and kind of re-identify what it is that I want to do. You know, as my business evolves, my clients, my ideal customers will evolve. 
And you mentioned that some of your listeners are not people who are in a position to necessarily, quote unquote, worry about their ideal customers. But I can tell you that if you're working, let's say you're working in a big corporation and you're part of a huge infrastructure, your ideal customers might be your team members, the people who you're leading in your mm -hmm. division. Yeah. And so going in and figuring out, you know, okay, if I could fill this room with the kind of people I want to work with every single day, who would they be? And then identifying each of your existing staff members, which of those strengths they bring to the table that you've identified you're able to cultivate an incredibly collaborative environment and you're able to really coach those people into using their strengths that you see and helping them kind of solve some of their weaknesses, which then allows you to look like a superstar because your team is like the best performing team in the whole entire corporation. Isn't that so good? And I love that because I was a nonprofit leader and that's exactly how I started to hire, you know, the, the help that that I was able to get and, and even recruiting to our board as we started to write down, our executive committee started to write down like all of the greatest qualities we'd want in our board members and we started to attract those types of people to our board which mm -hmm. led us to having amazing results to help impact thousands of young children and families and become a leader in the state and all of that was because we were intentional about creating an environment where the right types of people wanted to show up and so exactly. if you can create environments where the right types of people want to show up like there's no I mean it, it there's no stopping you and I think you know that's one of the things that's so important about this and as you were talking one of the other things that I thought about is you continually are looking at your clients and one of the things that came to my mind especially in the business businesses that I've worked in and the businesses that I run um, currently is that as you grow your clients and, and the ideal clients that you work with, they should be growing too. So uh -huh. that's another thing I, I wanted to mention to our listeners is really thinking about, am I attracting a different level of clientele to, to my company or business? And that could be how much, you know, revenues they're bringing in or, or what the, the contract looks like, or it could be just kind of, you know, what level level in their professional life they're at too. And, and I think that's a really important key. So we're talking about business building. You talked, I, I loved your geeking out moment of social <laughs> media. So, you know, we can't go too deep into all of this because people need to contact you directly to get all of the, the secrets. But if you were going to give us like a couple tips to helping us um, think about social media or thinking about talking to our ideal clients so that we can kind of hack the algorithms, what would mm -hmm. you tell us? Well, it's sort of good old fashioned research, but I would say, first of all, you know, it's, it's kind of like a three-way pinpointing. So first of all, figure out obviously who's your ideal customer and what are their pain points and what are they desperately seeking? Uh, what kind of gaps do they have that they're desperately seeking a solution to? Then look at your brand. Now, a brand is the promise that you make to your customers. So you look at your brand and you look at really, I don't want to overuse the word, but authentically what you bring to the table in a way that no one else does and find out where those two things overlap. And then we want to find some keywords or some questions or some long tail keywords that are hyper relevant to how those people are seeking out your solutions. And it's good old fashioned research. You go on Google and you type in what you think people are looking for, for you, and then see if it matches. If it doesn't match, you got to find another way to search for it. Don't 
don't use the results on Google, don't think, oh, this is great. Look, I've got 700 million results. That's your competition. That's not what you want to use. We want to find more specific words, and that's where I can help you. Um, but just research and ask your group. Like, if you have a group of core customers, people who you've had for a really long time, or people who've been incredibly engaged with you, ask them. Do like a mini focus group and say to them, hey, if you had to go find me on the web, what would you type in to look for me? Find out what those words or phrases are and then mirror them back to people in your social media posts, uh, like for instance on Facebook and LinkedIn. Use those things as tags on your videos in Google. Research your hashtags on Instagram, rather, to make sure that the hashtags that you're using actually speak to those people. I remember I had a client who kept saying, I keep tagging it with this word and tagging it with this word. I said, did you look at the word in Instagram? And she brought it up and it was all these half naked guys on the hoods of their cars. I'm like, you got to put the brand name in there because big shot is not what you think it is. Um, so do some research. Um, you know, on, <laughs> on Pinterest, find out how are they looking for what you're serving. Um, and that's like, it's super simple. It's a simple thing to do. And it's almost like too simple. Um, but go ahead and put those things into your conversations that you're having with your customers. And what will happen is they will start to serve as little spotlights that pop up from the ground. Like, you know, like when you're, when you're at a fair and you're looking for the music tent and all of a sudden, zoink, 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 you see the lights in the distance. You're like, oh, there it is. We want to send those beacons up from your content, from your conversations uh, to those people who are looking for what you're bringing to the table. Mm, that's so good. I love that. Okay. So I'm writing down all these notes and I'm going to kind of uh, say them back to you, Brenda, and then you can fill in the gaps because I want our listeners to have um, have these so that they can write their own notes. So one sure. of the things you said is to look for keywords um, and just type into Google what people might be looking for in um, your ideal client or customer might be looking for. Mm -hmm. Be very specific. You said another thing that you might suggest is having a focus group with some of the clients or customers you might be working with and ask them, hey, what would you type in if you were going to look for me in Google? Exactly. Then you would also research hashtags. And I love your story about um, sometimes we use the wrong hashtags. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so really thinking about, you know, what, what does this all look like? And, but those are really specific things that we could do today that won't take us Absolutely. very long um, to help us make sure that we are reaching those ideal clients or customers in our business. I am interested in this, Brenda, because it sounds like you've been building and building and building your business. But I also like how you've been um, creating a life for yourself and your and your son. So what are the two things you've done in your life to launch to the next level? So, well, my son has Asperger's. My husband also has Asperger's. I'm an empath. So uh, living in our house is, uh, it's interesting. And so one of the things I did was uh, I really started to listen to myself. Um, you know, we all have incredible wisdom inside ourselves. And I think we also have for a long time told ourselves stories or we've heard stories, we repeat stories that we've heard about ourselves. And I think that when you really sit down and you kind of have that moment with yourself and you say, what do I love? What am I good at? What do I really, what mark do I want to leave on this world? And you start really thinking about that and focusing on that that can actually really launch you because that takes you out of your, oh, I guess I'm this kind of person and into, holy crap, I'm this kind of person and look what I can do. So that's a really important piece, I feel. We got to listen to ourselves. The other piece, and it's super boring, is 
find yourself a really good expert or some really good experts who you feel you can trust. Create yourself like maybe a little bit of uh, a personal board of advisors. Um, go out and uh, again, do research. I guess I'm a research monkey, but go out and do research. Find the people who are saying sort of the same thing you're saying about their business that you want to say about yours and pay attention to them. Do some research. Find out what are they saying? How are they doing it? Allow their expertise, allow their knowledge to help shape what you want to bring to the table. And then go back to that initial thing I said and trust yourself. Those two things can launch you out of the, oh, gee, I wish I could to, wow, look what I'm doing. Mm, that was such a great answer, Brenda. Oh, love it. <laughs> I it's love always fun it. when I shoot from the hip and it comes out right. That was really beautiful. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think about our listeners, um, every single time that I'm recording one of these podcast episodes, I get really, really excited because I learn so much on these interviews. And I think about our listeners listening to this later at some day, uh, someday in some place doing whatever it is that they're doing. And the, my favorite question is that the launching to the next level, because I think we can take something from your answer and apply it to our own life, right? Mm -hmm. Trusting yourself. I mean, how many of us need to be reminded constantly to trust ourselves and our intuition to be the guide for where we want to go in our lives and to help us launch to that next level. I think that's so critically important. And I love that you said that and, and really, you know, just, just being yourself and, and moving forward. So that's awesome. Okay. I have another question for you. What is your favorite book? My favorite book. Ugh. Um, well, I have two, so I have to say two. My favorite current book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle, just because I think she's just mm, I love so ferocious and fearless. And she brought up, like she wrote this book a while ago and the themes in her book are things that we are facing right now as a society. So I felt like that was an incredible juxtaposition of some historical outrage and what's happening now. So that's my little soapbox. My favorite all-time book is The Witch's Bridge by Barbie Carlton. And I don't even think it's in print anymore. It's a kid's book. Barbie Carlton was my second grade teacher. She was an amazing, amazing human being. And her book was so, it just, I thought, my God, it's like the first mystery I read for a kid. And it really made me think outside the box as to what I could do maybe as a kid. So uh, that sort of launched me onto my uh, thinking outside my own box. So kind of ties into what we just spoke about. I have to tell you this, Brenda, because you are going to appreciate it. It's so interesting because I just had a podcast episode that I recorded and the person I was speaking with said that um, when you're eight years old, you get, um, you get messages, you kind of get who it is you are authentically. And so it's fascinating that you read a book in second grade because I know that that age range because my yeah. son is eight years old. At the Witch's Bridge, and it helped you think outside the box, which is what you do right now professionally. I kind of have shivers. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I know. As you said, I was like, oh my gosh, those dots have to be connected because that is really so much. cool. Isn't it? I know, it right? And I, and I, yeah, it just gives me chills. That's so cool. So Brenda, I appreciate everything that you taught us today and how you were able to just kind of help us understand why this is so important and why we need to take the time to really figure out who our ideal client is. How do people get a hold of you? So the easiest way, really straightforward, is just email me at Brenda at thecrashawgroup.com the C-R-A-W-S-H-A-W group.com. If you want to get, uh, this is not a pitch. If you want to get on my mailing list, because I don't send much out. I mean, so guys, you know, the expression, the cobbler's child is unshod. 
Well, in terms of social media and, and marketing, my kids are naked in the street. Like I'm so busy. I don't have time to do that stuff. And it's really kind of embarrassing, my kids are but naked I will tell you that everything I do is optimized <laughs> to the nth degree. But if you want to sign up for my very, very infrequent newsletter, um, there are six uh, sheets as a giveaway that will give you an ideal customer worksheet. It'll give you the power six, the things you need to put on your page, some keyword tools. It'll give you like a little starter kit to get started on all of this stuff. So you you can go to the crawshawgroup.com forward slash sign up and it'll just take you through the process. And like I said, I don't hammer people with marketing messages. I do not sell. In fact, I do almost no marketing for my business. I think I'd be scared to because I don't know that I could handle it. So I don't pitch a lot of stuff. But if you have a specific question or you just want to make a connection, go ahead and email me. I'm incredibly accessible. Uh, I keep my business tight so that I can have the time to do this kind of stuff. I feel like the tide raises all boats. And with all of us independent business owners, the more that we can uh, help each other out, the more it comes back later. So I'm all about that sort of sharing, sharing before anything else. Amen, sister. Amen. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you, Brenda. I appreciate you. And I know that our listeners absolutely love this episode as much as I did. So thank you, Launch listeners, for showing up. Uh, I appreciate you. And I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com. 